hope some of you say yes to that. Otherwise, the whole talk's gone. And that includes the grown-ups, but it also includes you guys, the children. And perhaps some of us feel like we're part of the team because we've given so much to the church and we've served and we've been right in the middle of everything that's going on. And perhaps some of us have just joined and we think, yeah, this is my place, this is my spiritual home, this is where I'm going to join the team. And perhaps some of us feel a little bit on the edge this morning. We're going to look at our story that we were so easily led through in our drama this morning. Who was in our story? Can you tell me who was in the story? Yeah. Jesus. Always a good answer. Yep. You were in the story, yep. (laughs) It's going well so far. Right. I can't hear The disciples, yes. Who else? Yep. The followers and the crowd. Oh, that's someone else's answer. One more person was in the story. Who was in the story? You may have just had a clue. Yep, Grace. The little boy. Is that what you said? Yeah. (laughs) Otherwise, I've just put words in your mouth. And all those people that were in the story had a different role, didn't they? Every single person in that story had a different job to do. The grown-ups had a job, and even the little boy had a job to do. And Jesus had a message for every single one of them, didn't he? And do you think he's got a message for you today? Nobody here thinks that. Yes. Okay, good. It's not just for the kids, guys. You've got to listen in. And Jesus told stories to the disciples, didn't he? And he tells us stories, and that's why one of these, this is the story that's in, uh, the, in the Gospels. There's something that we can learn from it. But he also did miracles, like the one we heard about today. And miracles are actions with meaning. And there was certainly a meaning to this miracle. So we're going to concentrate on two sets of people in this story. One is the little boy, and the other is the disciples. And we're going to see what we can learn. So first of all, the little boy. It says here, get the little boy to come and stand with you, but (laughs) do you want to come and stand for the whole time and represent? You need the lunchbox. There's a lunchbox gone. Okay, we can have two in our story. That's fine. You've got to stand here for quite a long time. Are you sure? Going to preach with me? (laughs) Shall we put the lunchbox there? And and the, the rule is don't touch it. Okay. Yeah, that's that. Wrong. <laughs> that's that. Okay. <laughs> so first, the boy. Do you think that when the boy turned up to this big meeting, he thought that he was the most important person there? No. No. He thought God and Jesus were. He probably thought God and Jesus were the very good. <laughs> here, here you go. <laughs> Right, and so we all agree that the answer is no. He probably didn't think that he was the most important person there. And do you know why? Because in the olden days... Jesus is better, and everyone loves Jesus. Everybody does love Jesus. And there's another reason. And God. Because children, back in the day, were expected to just be quiet. (laughs) (laughs) And you had to... I know, it's mean, isn't it? And 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 you had to watch... You had to watch and see, 
adults having the fun and doing all the things, and you just had to sit there. Sounds a bit boring, doesn't it? Seen and not heard. But do you know what? But then when Jesus came into the world, he stopped that rule. Well, that's interesting (laughs) that you should say that Jesus stopped that, because Jesus didn't think, Jesus didn't think that at all. He always said, kids, come to me. I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to teach you, even when the disciples tried to get rid of them. So Jesus was different. You're right. Jesus changed that rule. And even in this story, the disciples didn't want the crowd to be there, did they? They wanted to have some quality time with Jesus. But Jesus had another plan, which teaches us something about the kindness, the generosity, and the faith of the little boy. Okay, now, you can sit down if you want. (laughs) Please. (laughs) you You can sit down there. Yeah, that's fine. Have you ever felt, this is probably one for every single person in this room. If not, I want to talk to you later because I want to explain it a bit more. Have you ever felt hangry? Who knows what hanger is? That is when you're... Hungry and angry at the same time. Exactly. It's when you're so hungry, everything, and I mean everything, makes you angry. Everybody and everything. Exactly. So the kids were hungry because they weren't having any fun because it was probably boring and they didn't have any food. Can you think of a time when you were that hungry? Like when you finish school and it's a little bit of time to wait until dinner and your mum won't let you have a snack or your dad won't let you have a snack. Or perhaps when you finish work and you know you really need to wait until your spouse comes home or till your friends come home till you eat, but you're just so hungry. Or even worse, when you're in a lesson and the teacher keeps talking and the teacher keeps talking and all you want is your lunch from your lunchbox. So I think we know how they felt. (laughs) Now, if you felt like that and you had a packed lunch, so you're hungry, you're hangry, right? And you had a packed lunch, would you share your dinner with your friend who was hungry? You would, you'd have to. Oh, good man. That would be one friend. But what if you had 5,000 friends? Some, some of us may. Exactly, they'd only get crumbs. And everyone, everyone would still be hungry because they'd only have a crumb. Or it'd mean that you're... It would, well, exactly. If you had to buy enough food for 5,000 people, you'd probably have to buy all the food in the supermarket, maybe. Or maybe the co-op. But Jesus had a plan. So he said to his disciples, didn't he? He said to his disciples, where can we buy bread to give everyone something to eat? Now that's going to test their faith. The disciples, as they often do, first pointed out the problems. Everybody knows someone that first points out the problems. (laughs) In... First, they're in a remote area, which basically means they're nowhere near any of the shops, any of the bakeries. And can you believe there was no McDonald's back then? There was not a McDonald's on every corner. And the other problem was it would cost too much money, half a year's wages. But then Andrew found a little boy and brought him to Jesus with a packed lunch. Right. This was the packed lunch, in case anybody didn't see Chris's lovely packed lunch. Okay, you can go and sit down now, please. Thank you. (laughs) 
No, that literally says it in my script, so you, you have to go down. Okay, thank you. Thanks, guys. Give him a clap. That wasn't, no. Thank you very much for your help, though. Some deep theology going on up here. And the little boy who had that lunchbox had a lot of faith. He had faith that Jesus could make his lunchbox into something for everyone. And Jesus multiplied the food again and again and again, so that in the end, everybody, 5,000 people had food. Wow. 5,000 people. Just think about that for a minute. One lunchbox, five loaves, two fish, fed 5,000 people. And so what's the meaning of this miracle? Well, first, I think that if you are like the little boy in the story, it doesn't matter how young or small you are, God can use you and God will use you. And it doesn't matter how little that you have, Jesus can use you. Just give what you have to Jesus and he will make it a blessing to others. What do you have to offer? Maybe you're a kid or you're new or you feel on the edge. Maybe you feel as though you don't have much to offer at all. Or perhaps you've been here for a while and you feel like I don't have anything now to offer. But actually, any act of kindness can be used by God Any encouraging word, any celebration that you share will encourage us all. And any time you choose to pray for someone who needs help, that will be used by God. And we'll hear a bit about that later. So that's what we can learn from the little boy. But what can we learn from the disciples, the grumpy disciples who just wanted some quality time with Jesus? I think they felt like they had nothing to give. Because they didn't. They didn't think ahead and pack their lunch, did they, like that little boy? They said to Jesus, Lord, send the people home because otherwise they won't get home in time for dinner. Which is quite practical. Give them their dues. That is quite practical. But what did Jesus say? He said, you find them something to eat. Can you imagine looking around at a group of 5,000 people thinking, but we, we don't have anything, Jesus. I think you're being a little bit over-optimistic there. Do you know how that feels? When there's a really difficult task ahead of you, when there's something really hard, and you have no idea how you're going to do it. Maybe it's trying to get a new job, or maybe when you start a new school, or a new class, or even a bit of homework that you have no idea how to do, how to do it. It could be facing a difficult illness. It could be another big challenge like moving house, having a baby, starting a new school. Or maybe it's making friends with someone that you've fallen out with. That can be difficult too. So what's the lesson from this story when you feel like that? If you feel like the disciple... is that God will provide, sometimes in very surprising ways, sometimes in miraculous ways, sometimes through people you do not expect, like the little boy. And we need to pray and trust that Jesus knows. And believe that however he chooses to answer that prayer, he will teach us something through it, a lesson in faith. So who do you feel like from the story? You don't have to shout this out. Is it the little boy? 
seeing an opportunity to offer what you have and being generous, even though you're probably really hungry? Is it like one of the disciples and you've got a really big challenge ahead of you? Or is it even someone in the crowd who has no idea what's happening but suddenly is fed? Whoever it is, remember that God can help you, God can use you, and ultimately God can feed you and provide for you everything that you need. Amen. Thank you to my helpers. It was very... um, Helpful. (laughs) I'm having a great time. So we need to want to be used, don't we? That's another message from that. That we need to want to be used. The little boy was willing to give his lunch. And the disciples actually did go and search for something, even though they had no idea what was going on. And you were given a post-it note as you came in this morning, hopefully, and a pen... And you may have to share pens with your household or someone on your row. But we would like you to write down, and there'll be a little slide that will come up, a gift that you know that you have. Maybe it's patience. There's no correlation to the fact I use Ben's name on this. And perhaps there's somebody that you want to extend that gift to. So you need to write... Your gift that you want to give to God, perhaps it's you're energetic and you want to give your energy to God. Perhaps it's compassion, perhaps it's love. What is it, something that you are good at <laughs> that you want to give to God, to offer to God that he can use? But perhaps you're not sure what you've got to offer. And if that's you, we encourage you to place your post-it note. You're going to come up and you're going to stick them on the cross And I encourage you to, don't write anything down, but just offer yourself to God and say, use me and stick it it on this cross. Offer it to God. This is us offering to God what we do have to give. Okay? So Joe's going to play in the background and we are going to have a moment. You don't have to rush up. Please don't rush. Think. Let Jesus speak to you. What is your gifting? And if you really don't know what your gift is, ask someone perhaps that you've come with, Or again, if you've come on your own this morning, ask Jesus, what is my gift? What is it that I can bring? And then write it on your post-it, and we're going to stick it on the cross. And as you come up, we've got parents who might need to be very in control as you come up of your children. Um, Some little packets of love hearts to remind us, put them in your pocket, in your coat pocket, as you go through the week, to remind you to extend that gift wherever possible so that God can use it. So this is a little gift for you as you go from here. So swap your post-it note for some love hearts.